Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Joining me via VMAX is Travis. Mark Lucky. And Brian. C-Team. Brian, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing, Destiny? Doing okay. Travis, how are you? Happy Halloween, everybody. I'm doing great, man. I'm so excited for this episode. So much to talk about. So much. Yeah, uh, we got a Vidoc, we got the TWAB economy progression stuff going on. There's just, there's so much to get through. We're going to get right into it. The most important thing that I think we need to bring up is that Luke Smith was on a Twitch live stream and that transmog will pull from your collections. So Fireteam Chat is safe. I tweeted out that I would just cancel the show <laughs> if they didn't do that. And uh, they heard us loud and clear, all of us from the community. That's great. Yeah, Everyone's but you have a baby on the way. So all, yeah. all of one of we'll us. See, we'll see what happens with the future of the show. Yeah, we, we were talking about that. I'm out for paternity leave like all of February. So when February and March. So we'll Jeez. figure that out. Uh, behind yep. the scenes yeah. and let you guys know what's going on. But yeah, I'm going to be a dad if you're not aware. And that definitely going to need some dad time. But <laughs> let's talk about Destiny because we got the roadmap, which is tremendously exciting. And we sort of learned how they're going to be rolling out content. Uh, Travis, why don't you run us through it? Yeah, so uh, we know that the Season of the Hunt is sort of uh, launching alongside the Beyond Light campaign and, and content. Um, it's starting on November 17th with something called, uh, what, are the, what was it? some weird word, uh, <laughs> Wrathborn Hunts, which seems like it's going to take place uh, in the Dreaming City, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, Obviously, the stuff we're getting on November 10th are uh, Empire Hunts, which I assume is campaign-related, uh, the Seasonal Artifact and Season Pass progression stuff. Um, the new Strike is coming also on that same day, which uh, is called the Glassway Strike, uh, which looks like it's going to take place on Europa. No big surprise there. Um, and then uh, the Adept Weapons are coming on November 13th. And then after that, on November 17th, is when uh, the Season of the Hunt stuff begins. Um, and in the Vidoc, we got some pretty awesome footage of what that's going to be about. Uh, some kind of new hive threat uh, that apparently uh, Osiris is involved with. And also a surprise cameo by Uldren Sav, who is now going by the Crow, which is pretty interesting. Uh, down at the bottom, I'm just looking at all the new exotic weapons and armor. Hawkmoon, Cloudstrike, no time to explain. Duality. I'll look over here in VMix. I'm trying to bring it up on VMix. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll just fade to it again. <laughs> Scars. That is, that is a healthy amount of exotics coming in with uh, Beyond Light. Are there... Like, are you guys surprised that there's that many when they're also talking about their challenges with development, which was revealed this week? Like, just how they're they're not going to be able to make something that was the size of Forsaken ever again because they have half the studio <laughs> compared. <laughs> like, they were under Activision then, so they had two supporting studios to help them make that content. So, if anyone's really surprised, oh, they can't make an expansion as large as that. Why not? Uh, that's yeah, it's, why. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy too because it's like it's like yeah, Bungie. You know, you can you can look at it at face value. Bungie has 700 employees, but obviously, 700 people aren't working on Destiny. Um, you know, they lost a big chunk of their support um when they lost you know the support of vicarious visions and other activision studios but also i think around that time i mean i don't know we don't know what they were working on at that time but also around the time forsaken they had the whole team whereas now we know that they've got 
another IP in the works too, right? So you, we have to imagine that like Bungie internally is like fragmented between, you know, supporting Destiny 2 with expansions and then year-long content and then this new IP. And then who knows, they could also probably be working on Destiny 3 for all we know. So it's like they're they're pretty much scattered, you yeah. know. So that's right. the, like it's not a surprise that they can't get something as big as Forsaken out. But you know, like Luke Smith said in that that Twitch stream, you know, it's it's the size, you know, it's somewhere in between Shadowkeep and Forsaken, which is acceptable. Yeah. You know, it's it's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna just yeah. run through this uh, live and talk about what we get on each day. Travis, did you have anything you want to add? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, all good. Yeah, I, I just I don't know how much time it takes to make an exotic weapon or armor, but considering that they're introducing a whole new elemental damage type and uh, three new subclasses, it doesn't surprise me that exotics are going to be a big part of that because there's so many new kind of changes to the sandbox, and I think that mm-hmm. that creates more opportunity for new exotics. So um, I'm glad that there are that many, though. It sounds like a lot of fun to hunt for those. Yeah, for sure. And on day one, here's what we're going to get. 1110 Beyond Light, the Beyond Light campaign begins, Stasis Unlocks, Titan Behemoth, Warlock, Shade Bind- Shadebinder, and Hunter Revenant, uh, Salvation Grip, Exotic, Grenade Launcher, Quest. So there's quests that are back. Uh, as a reminder, and then free to everybody, you can go to Europa, you can go to Cosmodrome, the Cosmodrome Experience, they don't say the Cosmodrome. They say the new Cosmodrome experience. I wonder if that's just how they're well, marketing because it. It's, probably because it's not the full Cosmodrome. And it's, not, it's, not, also, it's, not, it's not a yeah. new play space. So no, they're not going to say the new Cosmodrome. It's like it's it's the Cosmodrome you remember, just not the full thing. They yeah. they might also be referring to the new light experience for new players. Yeah. Where they're guided by Shahan. That'll be available to free players. Yeah. Uh, new armor and new exotic weapon. New strike added to playlist. New lost sectors. The season 100 seasonal ranks, new artifacts mod, new triumphs, shaders and emblems, iron banner and the dawning. And then, you know, moving right along on the calendar, we're just going to read through it today. Uh, 11.10, we also get the artifact, uh, the empire hunt begins, and the glassway strike. So that's the name of the new strike. Uh, you get to uncover Europa's secrets. That's going to go from 11.10 to January 12th. So launch day until January 12th. And then Adept Weapons are added to Trials on the 13th. On the 17th, there's a new seasonal mission. Uh, Wrathborn Hunt begins. Uh, and then on the 21st, the raid opens Deep St- Stone Crypt. That's, that, is a, that is a lot to do. Like You're going to have a lot to do if you're doing any of the raid stuff. And then, of course, they mention uh, the first Iron Banner on 12-8. 12-15 to 1-5 is the Dawning. And then End More. The all important and more mm-hmm. was also mentioned, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I really like this roadmap. This roadmap has me just feeling like there's just going to be a ton to sink our teeth into on, on day one for you know Beyond Light. How are you guys feeling? You feeling excited? Overwhelmed? Yeah, I'm really excited. Obviously, there's a ton to do, but th- there's so much to unpack this week from. I, we haven't even touch, touched on the launch trailer and some of the implications there, but in the Vidax specifically, which is where they kind of released this roadmap, um, you know, they talk about Uldren Sov returning, and he's now called the Crow, which is uh, a reference, I think, to the original Destiny 1 script that apparently got scrapped that, that we all saw got leaked years ago. Uh, I, I'm um, glad. I'm glad they brought it back. I'm going to bring yeah. up the Vidoc here. Like that, that was just such an yeah. interesting narrative thread that we never got to revisit. And I'm personally really, really happy that we get to sort of see what that vision was initially for lack mm-hmm. of a yeah, better. Yeah, kind of seeing it come forward because we haven't, we haven't seen that, that narrative bit since before Destiny 1 came out where Aldrin Solve is just like wandering the Cosmodrome, wondering why everybody hates him. So it's like we're finally going to get a piece of that action, whether or not, yeah. you know, that experience is on the Cosmodrome is still going to be remain to be seen, but you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. I mean, I'm excited for that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I brought up yeah, the, the Vida footage here so that we can sort of look at it as we're discussing. Go cool. for it. Yeah. The, and it does sound like Aldrin soft probably won't be involved in the beyond light story. It seems like they're saving that for the season. Yeah. The seasonal uh, stuff seasonal content. Uh, but that's cool. I mean, I'm glad that they're closing up that thread or at least continuing it because it's sort of been hanging in the balance for like, what, two years two now? Two years. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely uh, about time that we finally got some payoff there. 
Yeah, for sure. And and here they they just plainly said, hey, we're going to wrap up this story thread. So I guess he's not Shah Han after all, unless we're in for a really big, <laughs> big surprise. And he even called out the, the Fast and the Furious reference. <laughs> he did. Like, oh, yeah. my God. You guys have no idea how happy I was to <laughs> hear him say the words Fast and the Furious. I was just like, wow, my two loves are coming together. But yeah, I called it. I knew it was a Fast and Furious reference. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this fight arc was was really, really interesting. We got just a little bit more info about Aramis, a little bit more. We got to see Eris Morn actually in action, wielding the darkness, and sort of how these characters have been intermingled and the culmination of everything that's been happening in the previous season. I, I think the previous season, had they been able to time it appropriately would have been just a phenomenal setup. It will continue to be a phenomenal setup, but we have this large gap in lull right now where we're just kind of waiting for November 10th. That's absolutely fine with me. I like having we time to play other games, but man, just imagine if this tied right into that next story. That means they've really, really nailed an excellent storytelling cadence where There's they still, kind of build uh, up to something. Go ahead, I thought Brian. you were done there. I thought you were done there. Um, we still have whatever in the system is called the Calamity Protocol. Mm-hmm. Um so th- this is something that's supposed to tie into the next season. So it's like, you know, we have like, what, one more reset until Beyond Light hits. So presumably that happens sometime next week. So that that lineup could still, you know, happen where, you know, we go from this, even though we're definitely, you know, we're kind of in that hole, like you said right now, where, you know, it's a little, little light right now. But I mean, whatever this Calamity Protocol is, whether it be like some sort of in-game live event or another mission or something like that could really tie that together if it happens close to the reset before beyond light happens yeah for sure well one of the things we didn't really fully go over uh we didn't talk about the twab economy progression tweaks and what to expect in terms of your your power caps and how that impacts the raid travis i'm gonna throw it to you how how are you feeling about all that like you seem to think it's in a pretty good spot Yeah, so there's a few things I like. Obviously, you brought up at the top of the show your favorite highlight, which is that transmogs will pull from collections, which means you can delete armor, um, and it seems like they're going to make more use of collections, which I think we've talked about ad nauseum. It's it's sort of long overdue. Um, There's some other economy and power changes that I think are positive. Uh, One is they're getting rid of a lot of the planetary materials that we have uh, for the planets that are going away. Um, that makes sense on like a holistic level. Like you, you sort of have to get rid of them if there's no way to replenish it. But also, you know, we I've talked about this a lot. I think I've I kind of beat this dead horse, <laughs> which is that uh, you know Destiny has way too many currencies, and they're they're removing a few of them. They are also adding spin metal, which uh, you know I'm I'm not a huge fan of. But uh, it is come cool on to nostalgia. See Right? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of think planetary materials in general are a terrible idea because it's not fun to run around and farm materials. But hey, you know, it, it, at least we're getting, it, it seems like in, in net, we're like losing three from our total pool. So I'll be happy to see those go. Um, they're also uh, changing some of the ways that we gain power, which is kind of interesting. Um, turning in tokens to Lord Shack or Zavala that you've saved up from previous seasons will no longer drop uh, powerful gear. Um, I think they're capped at 1050 or something. And also pulling, um, yeah, and also pulling uh, items from collections are dropping at 1050 power. So you can't use that as a way to kind of uh, power level your your alt characters or, or fill up slots that, that are lagging behind. Um, so yeah, th- there's a lot to talk about in terms of the meta and how people are actually going to level up. But I think that those changes in particular are pretty good because um, who wants to level up that way? I mean, that's not fun. Well, it's, it's sort of, it's not, it's a cheese, right? It's not fun, but it's sort of necessary because Bungie Bungie hasn't addressed the drop mechanics and being able to drop in the specific slot that's holding you back. They have in very select scenarios, like, Remember Menagerie, and we were able to say, okay, I need arms, drop me arms. I don't believe, I can't think of anything in particular that allows you to select a slot right now. Maybe focusing umbrals. So if that system continues and we're able to focus our umbrals and then at mm-hmm. least drop a piece of armor, like if, if that system continues, that, that would be positive, I think. But if they're not going to do yeah. that, then they, they need to address this problem because we're going to go back to a system where we're just hoping for 
that one drop. Otherwise, we're just stuck at whatever. They do have the two power gain for powerful, so you should be inching forward ever so slowly. But yeah, 1230 they for the did, raid yeah, means, they, means you won't even be at hard cap before, yeah, exactly. before you're raid ready. I, I think that's the important part is that they're removing like all the reasons that you would absolutely need to reach the hard the hard cap by the time the raid hops out because that's the real problem right is that it was like a race to the finish line and they've sort of removed that as a barrier and so now we're gonna have 11 days where people are just sort of playing and experiencing the story and genuinely having fun and not worried so much about like the meta and the mechanics of like am I going to be ready and I I think that's the probably the most positive thing that's going to happen to this launch. Yeah, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to that. Brian, how are you feeling about all this? They 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 also did mention that, you know, they are adding a system where you can like I think they mentioned it in the TWAB or the Vidoc, I can't remember. I think I remember reading it, but it's 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 a system where like if you just like playing strikes all day long and you just like grinding and grinding and grinding, they're gonna be they're adding a a way for you to continue earning powerful rewards from from those sources like PvP Gambit or strikes so it's like you're not going to be capped out on a weekly basis so it's like you know you do your three strikes you get your pinnacle and that's all you get from strikes that week right so they're they're, they're they are adding additional ways on top of like you know the the prime and gram systems and the pinnacle rewards to allow us to continue grinding if we want to keep playing those yeah so you know taking away um us from being able to pull from collections or, or other things and having and i'm worrying about you know, that one piece of armor or that one piece of, you know, that one gun that's just sitting there not being leveled. So at least they're adding, you know, they, they may be taking away sources, but at least they're also adding things to it. So that way it's not, it's, it seems on paper that, you know, we're getting, you know, we're getting something taken away from us, but at least they're, at least they are adding that Avenue for us to, to, to gain power for those slots. Yeah, instead of just throttling you behind your X many drops for a week, you have new avenues where you can earn them. I mean, I think when you're going for Pinnacle, you'll still probably run into that because you have to have use your Pinnacle drops. But that's fine. They've made a lot of inroads towards improving how you gain power in in the game. And I just hope they continue to refine that and keep the stuff that's working that's good. And, um, you know, just kind of keep refining until they land in like a really good spot with the sandbox one thing one thing during this i don't even really think we talked about it too much last week but the the new weather system just you know sometimes you just got to give kudos where kudos is due that's just absolutely phenomenal to see added to their engine how the weather is going to dynamically change in the game that's a small thing that is just just i'm enamored watching the spy doc again while we're doing live production here and i i just saw that and i was like oh yeah they added this system and they're showing how they did the sound effects and stuff right now uh Vidocs are just just phenomenal and um you know this one's no exception it's just really really neat to see behind the their development process, so to speak. What else on do we the, have on the runner show? Go ahead, Brian. B- before yeah, so you, before you move, other, right, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Travis, go. Move on. So hold your breath, Brian. Go. Oh, if you're moving on, all right. If you're moving on, I'm just. I just want to make a note on that weather. Is that I'm more more so than I am excited for it. I'm curious on how it affects game performance because we haven't had something like that in Destiny before. So it's like. My hard drive is, or not my hard drive, my graphics card is screaming right now. Just what wondering, graphics like, card do you have? Uh, I, well, I mean, I have a 2080 Ti. Still, it should not be streaming, it, screaming, bro. No, no, no. But what I'm saying <laughs> it's just like it's, it's you know, in in spots like Titan, you know, even running the game at 1440p, unlocking the frame rates, you're still probably getting like low 100s, you know. So, and that you know, that's just perpetual rain on Titan. And kind of just like dense, compact areas. Um, so I'm. I got. I'm I got curious. good news about Titan. <laughs> it's going oh away. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm using it as an example that we have currently in the yeah, game yeah. that has like a persistent weather and a weather a persistent weather effect in it. Mm. But, um, but seeing in Europa, it's like I'm curious on like I'm curious on how it's going to affect you know your gameplay when you're running. You know, if you obviously when the weather isn't happening, your friend, you know, there's less happening on screen, less for the game to render. Unless like this is like more of a CPU based uh, thing, sorry to get super technical, but it's no, like it's you know if I'm running the game, it's running at a cool you know 140, and then suddenly the weather hits and I drop 20, 30 frames because <laughs> of the weather. You know that's gonna feel bad. I, I don't want to. 
I don't want to put a lot of like negative spin on the weather because I think it's cool. I really do, you know, with them adding like thermal optics and stuff like that. I'm just concerned on like performance for like when you're playing at like high refresh rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean all. that's a good point. They're, right now they're actually showing the the new light experience. I don't mean to dismiss your your point, Brian. It's a good good one. Um, I think most players are concerned about hitting 60 and on mm-hmm. pc you're concerned about at least hitting 120 uh 144 is obviously <laughs> like a bonus oh, if you're able to hit it yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then anything above yeah, that I, it's like okay we get it you're you're a badass <laughs> yeah. yeah we get it you my, have money my question yeah. about about weather is more like is it going to be annoying to the player if like Every time I enter Europa and start exploring, there's a bunch of like snow in my face and I can't see like 10 feet in front of me. And like, am I going to be doing that for nine months where like yeah. I'm just trapped in snow? And you know, you know, you become so familiar with these patrol zones. I'm wondering if it's just going to be irritating. I hope not, but uh, I, I sometimes do get irritated by like environments that have like persistent weather that obscures your vision. And, yeah. and uh, it's, yeah. Less we'll, we'll about, it's less about vision for me and more about like, please don't hinder my movement because of it. Yeah. Like, like the right. most oh, re- it's, it's all like, is that how they're covering up loading screens? Oh, it's so, yeah. Right. It's like, it, the, sorry to talk, sorry to bring up a really old game. Um, I just, cause like, it's like the most recent example I can think of, but Assassin's Creed three, when you're playing in that, that game and you're running through the environments, it's like fun and cool and fluid. But you know, at some point you hit the game and it's the whole game turns into snow. And then you, if you jump out of a tree into the snow, you're just slogging through it. And it's like, this sucks. You know, just, just walking through snow. It's like, Gears so it's like, war. I hope, Dom, yeah. Maria. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I, I got really a lot that they don't, I hope they don't do that at all. It's like, I, yeah, we have sparrows and stuff like that, but like, are we going to have like a snow plow sparrow? Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> that, that'd Otherwise, be fun. if that's the case, then it'd be forgiven. But the reason I was excited about it is because I think they're going to use it narratively. I hadn't thought about the patrol spaces, but I think as you play through the campaign, I think that's where the weather effects are going to be most utilized to sort of have a narrative reveal or something happen during the story where your vision is obscured and maybe it's harder to move, but it's it's for a reason. Now, if that's during a strike and you're going to be slowed, like people will just sparrow through that part once they know the path. And that's just oh, about yeah. muscle memory as a player base. But it, it, it is an excellent point. So as, as we move on to the next topic, Travis, what did you have for us? Uh, other stuff in the Vidoc that I think we should probably talk about. Since we were so fixated on the uh, Red Legion last week, it's kind of interesting to see in the Vidoc them standing next to Zavala, uh, seemingly communicating or working with him in some way. So I, I wanted to get your guys' reaction on what you think is going on there and how you think this could be good or bad for the story. Where did you, where where was that? Was it in the story trailer it's- or? It's in the Vidoc. Uh, it was it was uh, about partway through the, the Vidoc. You can see him kind of standing uh, next to some Red Legion guys, and they're like non-hostile. Looks like they're kind of working together or something. Pretty interesting. I, I mean, that's really interesting to me because, you know, the Fallen were our enemies for so long, and the first time we saw them in the Reef, where they're sort of uh, friendly, was really interesting to mm-hmm. me. I, I like the idea of, you know, encountering... People who used to be enemies who are no longer enemies. Guys, yeah, if yeah it, what do you think? If 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 like if the Red Legion, you know, has you know troops still hanging around, maybe maybe you know because they're broken and shattered, maybe maybe they don't call themselves the Red Legion anymore, right? Um, it's interesting to see where they can go with that because it's like it's like, yeah, you know, we were at war with them and, you know, they, they nearly wiped us out, took away our light and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, factions that go at war with each other can sign peace treaties or, you know, hold up an arm, you know, an armistice or whatever, whatever to recognize that there's a much larger threat looming. And, you know, the, you know, the leftovers from the red legion can recognize that, right. And go like, Oh, you know, this darkness is here. Like, yeah, this is this is much worse than this war that we just fought with the humans. Like, let's put this aside; otherwise, we're all going to get wiped out. I, I had so, I had I had missed this frame. This is actually really really cool to see. We got Osiris, yeah. we got mm-hmm. you know uh, Zavala, and then we Sagira. have the, the two Cabal and Sagiras there too. Yeah, <laughs> we can we can speculate all we want, but watch them just turn out to be simulations from the Infinite Forest that Osiris. Pulled up. <laughs> 
Maybe. God, please, no. Maybe. I, I, I think this will pr- be part of the season of the hunt content. Yeah. Uh, kind of picking yes. up where. Considering, considering yeah. it's where Osiris It's Osiris, I imagine so. Yeah. Uh, the other asset. The other asset that we haven't really looked at is the the story trailer. So we can sort of yes. talk about what we saw in here. Uh, you know, we get a look at Aramis. We get hints about just everything that we're going to be experiencing in the story. They do a great job of just recapping what we've experienced without spoiling too much. Uh, again, mm-hmm. really, really. I mean, they always do excellent job on their trailers and, and Vidox and everything. And th- this is really, really neat to see. They even make like flying in with your spaceship seem interesting. <laughs> you're right like even though you know it's just a loading time. screen it's like wow that's awesome like there was like a i think it, i don't know if it's that trailer or another one but there's like a you have the guardian like walking with his gun out in the tower slowly walking towards its ship and you're like we know what's going on there <laughs> yeah there's elsie yeah. bray thank you everybody in the comments for pointing out that that's elsie <laughs> and uh you know we got to see eris use her powers we get to see the villain and what what's on going that on note of eris Mm-hmm. We gotta give it we gotta give it to Ares. Like she's like she doesn't have a ghost. Yeah. She's still putting herself out there. And she's just throwing herself into the fold and like she's just like, oh, if she gets hit, she's done. I, I have never correct back. me if I'm wrong, but none of them have ghosts, right? They're like a ghostless uh light users party. I don't know about the Cyrus drifter. I don't think I've seen a dr- I don't know. I don't know about the drifter. Drifter has a ghost and he hates I'm not, it. I'm, Oh, right. right, right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, they're they hate that. each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've yeah, already seen so... the stranger with whatever that little fish thing is that she has right. floating next yeah, to her. A bunch yeah. of them has ghosts. Eris is the only one who doesn't. Oh, yeah, Eris. <laughs> yeah, she's just, yeah. man. But I, I've personally, I've never trusted Eris. She got out of that situation. Her whole fire team died. <laughs> we explored that in Shadowkeep. Which, which was, you know, a really interesting narrative beat. I just think she's up to something. I think she was like, she has PTSD I think she just wants to start, stop the darkness, man. You leave nah, her alone. No way. She's always doing sneaky yeah, stuff, I, like taking the shard at the end of Taken King and stuff like that. So like, what are you up to? Yeah, what's yeah, well, the Drifter, we, though? Why aren't you, why aren't you... Oh, of course I'm suspicious of the Drifter. He's always got, you know, something going on behind the scenes. Like, I'm suspicious Next thing you know, you like, oh, Zavala, what's that guy up to? Oh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, what? So my main takeaway from that trailer is that it seems like uh, Eris, the Stranger, and the Drifter are sort of forming this darkness vanguard that's like mm-hmm. a polar opposite of the, you know, light-using mm-hmm. vanguard like that it. we've got at the tower. And I'm, I'm thinking that they'll kind of... They'll kind of, you know, they, there's even a line in the trailer that basically says like, "Hey, we need to be the the other answer for the darkness." And uh, it would be really interesting to me if they made us choose sides uh, in that fight, similar to how we had to do uh, in the season of the Drifter. But I doubt they'll go that far. But it is pretty interesting dynamic, and I'm also wondering if um, this means we now for sure need a replacement or we'll get a replacement for the Hunter Vanguard to replace Aldrin. Six, which Aldrin's return is kind of a really good time for that to happen so. yeah do you guys want to talk more about that like we mentioned that you know they're bringing back the crow storyline and everything how do you just feel about the fact that we're going to finally wrap up that narrative thread i i for one am incredibly happy to see oh thank god we're finally going to address the elephant in the room yeah 100 yeah, finally yeah, getting more. getting some getting some more characters with a lot of depth and like um at like the at front and center of storytelling is 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 really nice so you know just knowing aldrin's history and what he's gone through and what he's now going through is like something i'm really excited to see like get pushed forward because i don't sometimes we don't get that a lot in destiny where we don't see characters getting pushed forward who have really interesting backstories at least in forefront like we had the drifter but like it just didn't feel like we, you know, it didn't feel like we were getting like his character and all of his like backstories, like front and center. It's always stuff that we had to go out and look for. Um, so it'll be nice to just like have Ultron like right there, just, you know, going through all of that, all that content. Yeah, I, I agree. I love him as a character cause I hate him so much and any character that can make you feel animosity towards them through, through writing and just good storytelling. That's a good character that you can do a lot with, but you shouldn't hate him anymore though. Because it's not Aldrin anymore. Like, he's just like, he's just, that's just his yeah. body. He doesn't, like, he, he woke up, you know, when you get resurrected as a guardian, you're not that same person anymore. So it's well, like, he has yeah. no, you know, he has no, like, 
idea. Uh, I mean, he, he might, he might be informed now. We don't know, but like he, you know, when he woke up, he has no idea who he was. He doesn't know who, who Mara Sov is. He doesn't know what the dreaming city is. Well, he has no idea on. what, you hold know, on. we have Anna Bray who is also, you know, a guardian. that's because she, that's because she woke past. up. That's because she woke up with, with, um, you know, like an identification card with her name on it. And she, you know, well, when she woke up, she found, she found that ID tag. And so she pursued her past. Like Olgen's got nothing. He has no family. Everybody hates him. You know, he's, so he's, you know, he's running away from everything. He has no idea what the hell's going on. She you know, pursued like, and she pursued her past. His past mm-hmm. is going to pursue him. It's like flipping oh, yeah, the script. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And that's going to yeah. be incredibly interesting to see him as a character interact with us, interact with all these people that he betrayed. Yeah. And I, I just hope it, it doesn't go to waste. Like, uh, that oh, is yeah, for such sure. a rich story it's that like, can be told. Exactly, right? Because it's like, it's like, all right, well, so how... I want to see that play out like, like you said, like his past is, you know, his past is catching up to him, mm-hmm. uh, is pursuing him. So it's like when he, yes, we can, we can be not angry at Aldrin because he has no idea who he is or what he's done, you know, as he woke up as a guardian, but as, as he learns these things, does he, does he lean into them or does he, or does he choose to take a different path? Um, with his life? like, is he a better person or he's like, Oh, I'm the Prince of the Awoken. Screw all of you. <laughs> like I killed this guy, so you all hate me for it. So that's the person I'm going to be. Or is he just gonna go like, oh man, I don't remember that. That's terrible. Why would I want to be that person? You know, so it's like it'd be really cool yeah. to see how that story plays out. Yeah, yeah I view a- this as a second chance for the character. I'm really hoping that uh he becomes more likable because he is sort of a very hateable character even before uh the events of forsaken so it'll be interesting to to see what happens but you know to to brian's point we don't know who our own guardian it was before we died and were resurrected for all we know destin maybe we were all canadian journals game journalists and, and <laughs> would have hated us too you don't know the real villains well the thing the real is villains. the thing is there's guardians who are just like a thousand years ago were something right or whenever however far the period between the resurrection and life is this is a much shorter period of time where somebody like aldrin can easily meet well, not easily, but like they could run into people like his sister. They're going to run into the guardians. Yeah. Cade's dead. There are serious ramifications to what he did in that past life and how he chooses to react. It's just, it's just has all these strings attached to this one character. And that's why I'm incredibly excited to see that they just came out and said, yeah, we're going to be addressing this, this narrative thread and getting to see how that all ends up resolving is, is really, 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 really has me stoked. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we spoke uh, a few episodes ago about how uh, Destiny Beyond Light felt like the beginning of Destiny Three because they announced uh, the Witch Queen and Lightfall at the same time. Yeah, and I noticed in this week's TWAB that the newest patch that's coming out is actually the 3.0.0 version, mm. which is uh, kind of interesting because mm. it really it kind of puts puts it kind of puts that theory i think as a pretty safe bet that this is sort of the next chapter and it's the first chapter we're seeing where they're completely free of activision since shadowkeep's development started long before uh, their independence and mm-hmm. i view it as a clean slate a chance for them to start wrapping up the stories answering questions about the nine the darkness what's going on with Aldrin Sov, what's going on with the uh, dreaming city and the three week curse uh, and all that stuff and and i'm just really hopeful right now cuz uh this Vidoc and the launch trailer and, and stuff that w- uh, was revealed in the TWAB, I think, was more than I was expecting for this expansion so far. So re- really hopeful. You know, we've been we've been really focusing on the crow. We didn't even really talk about Aramis. Aramis, for me, it's like, okay, it's a fallen <sighs> bad character. I, I'm interested in her and her uniting the fallen houses, but I'm less yeah. interested in her than I am in in Aldrin, potentially because we've been affected by Aldrin's actions for so long. We've been he's been a character since Destiny One. And he was teased in like the original Destiny teaser. So we have uh, his past narration and everything. Uh, we have Varix, we have the the threads with Elsie uh, Bray, we have the the threads with Eris all happening in parallel to whatever's going to be happening with the Stranger. Is there anything you guys want to cover off on, like what's going on with this trio? What's going on with uh, Varix? Because for me, I Varix is an interesting character. Like he had those iconic voice lines within the uh, Prison of Elders mode, 
dismantled minds. Yeah, but besides yeah. that, like I don't I don't have a strong connection with him because narratively he didn't do too much in the original Destiny. How do how do you guys feel about that, the trio and Varric specifically? And then we'll talk Varric's, about the villains. Varric specifically he he's he is an interesting character, right? Because he is like he is that first like fallen character that we we get in you know we get to see that is non hostile, that is like aligned you know that you know sort of aligned with the last city or 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 the reef, um, and so you're you're right that you know that character doesn't doesn't feel like he has a lot of depth because he was just that like announcer character for the prison of elders, um, but you can tell from these you know, these trailers that Varix is like seeing his people struggle um, and that he really wants to intervene and prevent Aramis from like rising up this army of darkness uh, reference to the movie. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I just, I just want to see where his character goes because like I was saying, he's, he's like, he's really seeing his people struggle and that they're kind of just like, you know, leaning into their scavenging ways and like, you know, hitting bottom of the barrel and, and he, you know, he wants to intervene. He wants to, he wants to try to show Aramis like, Hey, this is wrong. This is, this is going to make it worse for us. Like there, you know, the, you know, the retaliation that you're, that you're seeking, you know, for everything is, is just going to continue down this path of darkness and going to set the fallen back even more. So, uh, you know, it's, he may not have seen a lot of depth in the past, but it's looking like he's shaping up to have a good future of a lot of depth. And I'm excited to see where that goes too. Yeah. And obviously based on that scene, if you're watching the video, Elsie Bray, the stranger is just what's she, what the stranger, right? That's her name. I've yep, gotten Elsie, used to calling her Elsie. Where did they confirm that that's Elsie Bray? The stranger, where, did, where is that confirmed? It, in the, a, in the um, internet comment section. <laughs> <laughs> there's a grimoire entry, but my take on that is that it's a maybe. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, wait, I'll wait till like official confirmation, like in-game, <laughs> or, or an actual like lore card that says the stranger is Elsie Bray. <laughs> well, regardless, um, she does look like she's going to be a vendor. And to your point, Brian, I do think they are going to use this as an opportunity to flesh out Varix a little bit more. I personally would love it. For, for me, because I don't have as strong of a connection with him, his death would be really impactful. And I think there is a <laughs> very serious possibility that he could die throughout this expansion at some point. We see him in the opening cutscene, and maybe that is the catalyst to, you know, wield the darkness. Maybe what's happening in that scene is the stranger is actually getting that shard of the darkness, giving it to us, and that's sort of like Varix's last good act before his, he... It's just eliminated like, from take the house. darkness. Well, he made it. People from screwing it up. He made his choice. He he had a hand in getting Cade killed. He he's clearly there with the the two houses, and he's trying to stop them from going down this path. And basically, the fallen were abandoned by the traveler, and the traveler came to Earth, and they started you know creating all these guardians. So they they have this contention. Hey, it with, tried to leave us too. Yeah, well, yeah, it ha yeah, they have this contention with the Great Machine, right? And they're basically going to war against it slash us using this power of the darkness is, is what it seems to be leading towards. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. I don't – I've liked experiencing the, the relationship building with the trio this season or at least the duo and then, you know, we'll get the, the stranger in the next season. Uh, Travis, like – where do you th how do you think they're going to all end up interconnecting in the end yeah i think they do create kind of a alliance in the fact that they're the group that's willing to not really play by the rules like eris has always sort of been a little shady um the drifter is is you know the classic like uh corner uh, of shady shady alley drug dealer we type. literally like, like you know he literally <laughs> set up in an alleyway when we first when he was first introduced yeah. in 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 destiny during forsaken he was in an actual <laughs> yeah, alley like doing some side shady deals with gambit yeah and then the stranger has always been a rogue and and sort of on the outskirts of uh the official guardians and doesn't really seem to kind of like the way that they do things so i think it's a very compelling uh kind of faction to to lead this push to use the darkness as a tool if that'll be a good idea in the end i'm skeptical but i certainly think it's a compelling uh kickoff point for for a, an expansion and, and for an arc 
Um, I, you know, as always with Destiny, limitless potential in the past, they've not really used it very well, but I'm hopeful that they will. Same thing with Varix. I'm with you, Destin. I don't really care a whole lot about the character. I think that he's funny uh, and, and I have good memories of him announcing uh, Prison of Elders. But other than that, there's no real attachment. So I would love if they used him in some interesting way. I hope they don't kill him. I just think that that's too easy. I hope that, uh, you know, he's he's the tra- he's the betrayer, right? Or the traitor. So tra- traitor's going to betray. I hope he has kind of his own motives in this expansion and, and uh, becomes more of a great character or at least more of a impactful character in the story. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful, man. I mean, they they have they have a, a, a the makings of a really compelling uh, campaign and story. Yeah. Uh- are you guys at all concerned? So one of the other things that was brought up during the Luke Smith interview was the the size of the team and how Beyond Light is going to be smaller than the other expansions. For me, I, I think the last season was a very, very strong season. I think the season before that was probably one of their weakest seasons, and that was probably because they were trying to get set up for the following season and everything beyond then. Now, they did in that season that I didn't enjoy, there was actually a lot of compelling storytelling that was happening. And in each season, the almighty crash. Yeah. in in each season, they've continued to like sort of evolve how they're doing their storytelling and such. So I guess what I'm getting at is, do you guys feel like they're going to be okay going forward? And over the next three years, do you think they're going to be able to keep up this cadence now that they've sort of established how they're doing their storytelling and, and everything in the game? Travis? Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Um, I think that Luke Smith said that their team is smaller, but that they're kind of more focused on on the content and, and better at, at doing it now than they were. So he he did say that this is going to be bigger than Shadowkeep. So I think that's an important takeaway. Shadowkeep for me was, you know, I, I reviewed it for IGN, gave it a seven point eight, and I think that you know I stand by that. It was good, not great. It didn't have a ton. It, it felt pretty thin uh, by the time you'd gotten through all the content. If they can do bigger than that, I'll be happy. Um, obviously forsaken is kind of the gold standard when it comes to destiny two releases. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're doing too much with the seasons. I personally would prefer if they kind of pulled back on the seasons and maybe did fewer of them or, uh, you know, and, and let the, let the seasons that they do, uh, execute last longer, um, and focused more on the expansions. Um, but yeah, if, if this is their model and they're going to keep uh, doing smaller seasons throughout the year, and then one big expansion, if they can hit a sweet spot, I'm happy. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's not really, um, feasible to ask for them to do what they tried to do in D one where, you know, Activision was kind of, uh, beating them with a hammer and going, hey, release a DLC every three months with a, its own raid and all that stuff. That that just seems like it's kind of uh, in the past. You know, I'll, I'll say this. If they end up in a situation where they have to extend a season like a month so that the, the next piece of content can be just as compelling, like I think in this scenario, it makes sense because it's like a whole new game, basically. Um, but if they have to do that in the future, that's totally fine. I, I personally don't mind if they have to like bump things out a little bit further to make sure that the quality of content is is where it needs to be so that we have a compelling season each season. I would rather that than just a boring, incredibly grindy, on fun, you know, season of destiny like we got largely in the previous season where it was just the the towers and defending the towers. That that was mm-hmm. You know, not enjoyable for me. Brian, Brian, what about you? How do, how do you feel about these smaller, and I say that in quotes because this doesn't seem very small to me. Yeah, uh, uh, expansion size. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a quality over quantity thing. Um, so long as that you know the quality is up there with Forsaken, and then you know I'll be happy, right? It, it, it's looking like they're they're doing a sort of thing where it's like you know, Luke Smith even mentions it in the in the Vidoc is like the whole dreaming city cycle and all the secrets that are in there just they're 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 seeming like they're gonna be some sort of sort of thing like that going on with Europa. So that'll be an interesting um interesting cadence to see that play out. Um so I'm excited for that too. But on the note of like of like a yearly season, you know, year, the year of seasons, I wouldn't mind if like like you, what you were saying is, you know, longer seasons so that way other seasons have more time and development, you know, like I know we do four seasons a year, um, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind if there was two, you know, just like two longer seasons between the expansion. So it's like expansion, season, season, expansion, instead of, you know, four seasons throughout the year, 
you know, just because that's just, I can't imagine that that development just, just gets so draining on developers. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, but it's like, you set yourself up, you kind of, you kind of set yourself up for failure, right? Is when you're, when you're constantly, constantly working on new, 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 there's always going to be that room or not that room, but that, that chance you're going to get something like season of worthy where, you know, the audience kind of just hates it. Um, on the other end, Bungie is completely driven by player engagement. They know that, you know, players are hungry for new content. So it's like, they have to keep doing this to keep players engaged. Otherwise, you know, we're in a world where there's so many games that are just, that are just doing so much to, to get your attention and grab your attention and pull you away into their game that, you know, this is how Bungie stays relevant. You know, they have to with destiny. They have to, they have to make sure that they have that next thing in the player's uh, eyesight. So that way they don't walk away forever, you know, because you know, that happens when players, um, get, you know, lapsed, you know, they walk away and it takes a long time for them to come back if ever. So, you know, it, Personally, I wouldn't mind if, like I was just saying, if we had two seasons a year where they're, you know, they're a little bit bigger or a little bit longer to allow Bungie more time to focus on the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they used to do. I mean, we had the Dark Below and House of Wolves after Destiny 1 Vanilla and, yeah. and then mm-hmm. the new expansion after that. So yeah. I've never really understood why they went to four seasons. It feels like way too much. <laughs> to be honest. It feels like more work, right? Especially when, when, you're, when you're feeling, you know, less good about it you know you know it's like you walk away from the content sometimes like oh that wasn't that great you know it's like we want we would rather you know have less stuff that we walk away from go that was fun i enjoyed that season you know so there's definitely a balance yeah for sure there's there's a few small things just to recap uh the soft cap is going to be 1200 the hard cap is going to be 1250 um the raid max power for world first is going to be 1230 so anything over that's going to be bonus and pinnacle cap is 1260 but there were also some economy changes that i sort of wanted to discuss really quick involving uh, mm-hmm. bright dust so this is actually super compelling for me the season pass is going to offer 7500 bright dust uh owners will offer 3000 bright dust so that's a total of 10,500 i'm bad at math 10,500 bright dust and weekly bounties give you 100 oh, bright dust so that's going to incentivize more people to go to the store and utilize their bright dust because I just sit on it right now because it's so scarce and difficult to earn. And I, I'm glad that I'm going to be able to buy some of the things that I don't have in the game because, you know, I haven't purchased any silver or anything and won't. So I like having that that free path to, to earn things going forward. Travis, we have about – I know you got to get out of here. We have – Three minutes and 30 seconds left in the episode. So hopefully <laughs> that good. doesn't push you too close. Yeah, the, the only other thing that I wanted to, to mention was in your notes here, uh, the darkness subclasses and how Luke Smith said, this is just the beginning of a whole new set of powers for our guardians. So that's, that's really cool. That's really, really interesting. What other sort of powers do you think that they would explore? So we have the darkness, you know, solar void, uh, arc, what, what else could they be throwing towards? Yeah, I think he means other subclasses within the darkness subclass. Mm-hmm. So I think like in the same way that solar has three different supers or you know, three different versions of the super, I think that we'll expand our darkness powers. But there's definitely other potential for other subclasses. Poison has been kind of flirted with quite a few times with Thorn and now the new uh, Warlock exotic that poisons people. So I think there's a lot of potential for them to continue to yeah, grow the sandbox. Play. It's just a... Taking yeah. subclass, they could do that. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, they could. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, they could refresh the existing subclasses to add the mods and the system that they're implementing for the darkness. I think that's, that's like a no-brainer. Well, that's probably going to happen during Witch Queen yeah. or later in the year. Like, you, there's no way really they don't do that. Do you think this is like the last trilogy of stories that we're going to get in Destiny? Because, you know, they've laid out the roadmap for the next few years. Do you think they're going to do another story after that? Or do you think the... Because that'll be how many years away? Ten. Two? Oh, you mean two years. Well, ten totaling like the whole... Ten total by the end. Yeah, so... Yeah, where's the engine going to be at that I, I, time? And like, wh- what are they going to have to do to, you know, maintain the game and keep it up to date? 
I, I think Lightfall is the end of Destiny 3, and that is effectively an end of this like big three-game arc, right? Yeah. And I, I, think, I think that that will be... It'll, it'll either be the end of Destiny, period, and they'll just move on to other projects, or it'll be the end of this particular story within Destiny where, where all the arcs of us fighting the darkness and the Traveler and all that stuff will be over, and then maybe Destiny will continue and they'll do like a prequel or, the, or a sequel that has a totally different story where our Guardians are, are fighting some other danger. Um, but yeah, I, I think that their goal is to wrap up like this first Destiny arc that they've been working on since 2013. 2014 uh somewhere around there um uh yeah i I think this will be kind of the end of of that arc brian what do you think i don't think it'll be the end i mean like if destiny continues to be profitable for them like i I don't i don't see a reason for them to end it um whether or not they release a a destiny 3 or whatever they would call it um i just I, i don't see them forever expanding destiny 2 so it's like having a game with like, I don't know how many expansions they're in going to be in by that time would be kind of nuts. Um, but yeah, like I, I absolutely see uh, a brand new destiny in our future, you know, after lightfall. Um, sure. I just don't know. I couldn't tell you what the heck that would be <laughs> uh, after lightfall because it's, you know, not because it's far away, but because like there's so much going on now that like, I have no idea how this is going to wrap up and what, what the hell, a destiny three could even be if we wrap up this fight with the darkness for sure. And speaking of wrapping up, we actually have to end the episode on that note. So let us know what you think they're going to do with destiny after this trilogy in the comments below. Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, everybody guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.